Hey everyone, Jake and Tevis here with Ticket Price Podcast. Just jumping in to let you know we're on Patreon. We finally did it. It took us longer than we thought. We're not very smart. But if you enjoy the show, check us out. $3 subscription cost. Can't beat that. With it, you're going to get early access to our episodes. You're going to get bonus content, as well as our community forum. Laugh, joke about the show, tell us how bad we are, share your favorite moments. But most importantly, give us recommendations for movies you want to hear us talk about. If we like it, we're going to do your movie. We're going to give you a shout out during the show as a thank you for giving us the idea. Thank you all for listening. Ticket Price Podcast at Patreon. Check us out. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whenever it is you're tuning in. Welcome to Ticket Price. I am your co-host, Jake, sitting across the way with me as always. My co-host and the only man who thinks Quentin Tarantino should stop directing and go back to acting. Tevis at Master Control. Tevis, how's it going? He was amazing at the end of Django. Oh my (laughs) God, that was the best part. He should win an Oscar. No, he should never be in his movies ever again. That guy is a terrible actor. Yeah, I, it's almost like Stan Lee, though, where it's like, I I kind of enjoy his cameos, like, you know, in, in Pulp Fiction, and I'm not at all going to even pretend like I'm going to recite any of that scene. Why? What's wrong with that scene? Oh! <laughs> oh! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the full gravity of what we're talking about kicked in. Yeah, I kept trying to recite in my head what he had said, and I kept thinking about coffee. And he's like, shut up, Jules. I don't need you to tell me how good my coffee is. I know how good my coffee is. I want to talk about... And I'm like, no, 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 we can't. No, never mind. No. Yes, obviously the parts yeah. I was talking about was the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where we're going to end that bit. <laughs> All right. Episode 10. Hey, we're moving on. Hey, episode 10. We did, we've we done 10 of these. This is our future right here. Bright yes. and shiny. We're all going to look back at this moment when we hit double digits. So for today, we are looking at Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, my God. I was so excited for this. <laughs> Do you want to take over? I I'll... was so excited for this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just just hang back. I got this. All right. Hold up. <laughs> no. Okay. At least let me let, give me my intro. Yeah, then, you do you do your thing, and then I'll we'll I'll run with it. All right. Uh, released in 2018, screenplay by Phil Lord and Rodney Rothman, directed by uh, Bob Parachetti, Peter Ramsey, Rodney Rothman, starring Jake Johnson, Nick Cage, Chris Pine. There, who? There's a this movie is stacked. It's a surprisingly stacked cast. Um, Herschel Ali is in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lily Tomlin is in this. Haley Steinfeld. Haley Steinfeld. Uh, who's the pig? He's uh John uh, Mulvaney or Mulaney. Mul- Mulaney or yeah. something like that. Yeah. All the John good. Mulaney fans are gonna hate us. But... I know. Sorry, we don't really care about him. Uh, <laughs> at least I don't. But uh, he I did a he Jake. did a good job. Yeah, he did good as a, a spider ham. Yeah, spider pig. What is I spider pig? Spider I don't, ham. I don't know that character. I'm not either. gonna lie. I'm not. A, I'm not actually a big Spider Man guy. But this movie does turn me around on a few things. But okay, ratings: IMDb eight point four. What seems a little low, doesn't it? Seem a little low. Oh, okay, yeah, that's super low. Rotten Tomatoes ninety seven, ninety seven percent on the Rotten Tomatoes, which I 
would be hard pressed to disagree is on that, the, that. Is that our highest rated? One? And that's what I was just double checking. And move over Rocky because oh, please <laughs> Clubber Lang just showed up and beat the shit out of you because Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse is claiming the throne for highest overall rated movie we've done. Good. 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 I don't want him on any of no. our top tens uh, for anything. No, never. Uh, okay, this movie had a budget of uh, estimate about $90 million, with a worldwide gross of $384.3 million estimate. Seems kind of low, too. It does doesn't? seem kind of low. Uh, this but movie, I, I think I understand why. I understand why. It was kind of a sleeper hit. It flew under the radar. As far as big mainstream, I think it got more love after the fact. I, I 100% agree with that. We'll go into it when we do the do our history, but exactly okay. This movie did. Whew, this movie with eighty one wins, award wins, including the Oscar for best animated feature film. That does not surprise me one bit. With an additional fifty seven nominations. Again, not shocked. This movie slapped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, slapped hard. Uh, reviews from the time. Our friends at Ebert.com gave it three and a half stars, a pure blast of creative joy. Yeah, not a four, which again, I think is their highest, their think, highest score. Yeah, I think what it did is they, too. What did we watch that they gave it a, they gave a four to? Probably Rocky. Was it Rocky? Or Last Voyage of the Demeter? Yeah, Rocky got four stars. The Foreigner, one star. And Into the Spider-Verse, three and a half. Mm. Well, hey ebert.com. You're you're really coming off right now as uh what's his name? Now, nah, this whole bit's dead now cuz I forgot what <laughs> forgot the asshole's name. Just redo it. Just redo okay. It. Well, no, I still don't remember the oh, asshole's name. Really? The, the guy who does uh the the wrestling, the the wrestling observer, the newsletter. Oh, Cornette? No. Oh, uh, I don't know then. Oh, damn it. It doesn't matter. Sean Moxley? <laughs> John Moxley, I don't believe, is capable of literacy, no. written or reading of any kind. No, I don't. I agree. I agree. Anyway, the hell Ebert. And fo- or excuse me, the, the hell folks at Ebert, because Ebert is a place now, not a person. <laughs> yeah, that still bothers the hell out of me that they are using his name to promote their reviews. I don't know. That it bothers me more than it should, I think. And I keep using them because I yeah. know it, it bothers <laughs> it bothers both of us, but it really bothers you, oh, so I keep gotta, doing we it. We gotta be consistent. So all right. Well, hey, I'm changing it up a little bit. The Verge uh described this movie as having a highly experimental style that works well, and that this movie is honest, truly unique, and shows that all other Spider Man movies up to this point are wasted potential. Wow. Yeah. I would agree with about half of that review. Highly experimental style that works well. Yes, and uh, the whole honest, is, truly unique. That that's I agree with that. The, wasted the whole potential. Wasted potential thing. I don't. No, I don't. Wouldn't agree with that. I get what they're saying. I, well, how many times have we rehashed ugh. Uncle Ben dies and with great power comes great responsibility? When we could have been getting this. Or something more akin to this. Yeah, and I guess I would agree with, because like the Toby, or not the Toby Maguire ones, the... Um, Andrew Garfield? Andrew Garfield ones were pretty much garbage. And Tom Holland, 
his are outstanding, but I don't think they really gained their footing quite yet at this time. No, but at least the Holland ones do it different because at least with that with with him and that version of Spider-Man the Uncle Ben stuff all that just kind of happens and we don't see any of it because we don't need we don't to need see it any of it. We what we get Spider-Man in Captain America Civil War. Right. And he just shows up in for a fight scene. You're like, "Oh shit, there's Spider-Man," right? Yeah. And that's cool. And then when he finally even got his own movie, it was. It's been him and Aunt May for a while now. Yeah, they don't touch on that, and I'm okay with that. Me like too. we don't. If there was okay, there are two characters in the world we do not need any more backstory on. It's Spider Man and it's Wolverine. We got it. And Batman. Oh yeah, God. Although, I, knew, I thought that's where you were going. Oh, Batman. you know what? I didn't even think of Batman because I was thinking Marvel. Yeah. But you're right. We don't need to see Batman's parents eat it anymore. Although no. I do enjoy watching his parents eat it. Wow. Actually, my wife and I watched uh, Joker with Joaquin Phoenix recently. Just that one part where his parents get killed. Yeah. Put that on loop. Yeah. And I, I just laugh hysterically as popcorn falls out of my mouth. I'm like, ah, <laughs> eat it. But also, the actors they get to portray Mr. and Mrs. Wayne are way too old to have 10 year old Bruce as a son. There's no way. Well, they got Jeffrey Dean Morgan in, uh, I don't remember what movie that one was, but yeah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was the dad. That's fine. Jeffrey Dean Morgan isn't 65. So no, but no, watching the Waynes eat it is a guilty pleasure of mine. Okay. Uncle Ben makes me sad. We'll make a, uh, Thomas a and Martha Wayne. <laughs> we'll make a compilation of all of them, of every single time they die. We'll, we'll put it on our Patreon bonus yeah, content. Wa- listen and watch me laugh hysterically as the Waynes eat it in every incarnation that's ever existed. Yes. Man, this episode went dark. Yeah, it did. <laughs> as they always do. Kind of, kind of. But we're not talking about Batman or the Waynes eating it. Yeah, get on, get on topic. Yeah, because we're ever on topic. Uh, no, we're talking about Spider-Man. That's who we're talking about. Uncle Ben eats it, but we don't see that in this one either. Very briefly, my history with this movie is really simple. Before watching it for this episode, I had seen it one previous time. I had remembered enjoying it. I remembered some major plot details, you know, moments or details because it hadn't been all that long ago since I had seen it. And that's pretty much it. When the first time my wife and I decided to sit down and watch it, we went, oh, yeah, hey, we can rent that. And everyone says it's good. We should check that out. But that's going back to I feel like a lot of this movie's love came after the fact, after the theater runtime, because I don't even remember seeing it, like seeing that it was a movie to be seen in theaters. I don't remember it having a theatrical run. I remember it being here in our theater, but I don't know for how long. I don't remember if it was a very long time. Going to my history with this, I was very much against it. When I first seen the trailer for it, I was like, no, 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 no. Because this is about the time Sony was teaming up with Disney to bring Spider-Man into the MCU. Mm -hmm. And it felt like they were trying to just grasp at straws and do anything to get Spider-Man out there. And I was afraid. Like, this movie is going to be awful because you have all, you know, why why is Spider-Ham in it? 
are they just throwing Spider-Man at the wall and see what sticks? Which they all should. They're Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> but it, can't, wait, hold on. I can't decide if I hate that joke or not. The only reason I don't hate it is because I'm fairly certain it was unintentional it was until a, it happened. It was yeah. unintentional. Yeah, okay. So I'll give you a pass uh, thank this you. time. Thank you. This time. Um, so I was very much against it because I just I didn't want to go into another Andrew Garfield crap show. Uh, and that's what I was afraid I was going to get. And my daughter watched it when it was on, came out on Netflix or one of the streaming services. I don't We're not sponsored by Netflix, so screw you, Netflix. Unless um, you would like to sponsor. Unless you would, yes. <laughs> in which case, we love Netflix. Well, Netflix is amazing. <laughs> um, but she watched it on Netflix one day, and she talked me into watching it. And I am so glad she did. I put this... Let me Let me back up. I was as wrong about this movie as I was wrong about Heath Ledger being cast as the Joker. Now we're back to Batman. I'm back to Batman. <laughs> I hated the fact that Heath Ledger was cast, and I was so wrong. Yeah. And I will say, when I first sat down and finished watching this movie for the first time, I was so very wrong. It was fantastic. Well, I just want to say that I will pay handsomely for the soundbite of you going, I was as wrong about that as I was about, and then just cut it off. So I can play it and then insert my own punchline. Because I have so many punchlines where I was as wrong about that as I was, dot, dot, dot. I just want that sound bite. I, I can edit that and I okay. can save it. Yeah. yeah. I'll definitely save that. <laughs> my birthday's coming up <laughs> if you want to just give me that sound bite. <laughs> I'll do that one next to the one of you laughing. <laughs> yeah. No, the amount of self-control I had to not jump in with a hundred different comments when you said that, I am very proud of myself. And that was my one too. good deed for the day. I'm not holding back anymore. All right, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. That's about as wrong as marriage. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was about as wrong as that marriage as it was with the other marriage. Boom. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> Are we ready to dive into this thing? Let's dive into it. Okay. So, first off, I one of the things that obviously separates this movie from any of the other Spider-Man movies, it's Miles. Miles yes. Morales. And I knew nothing about him. Very, very little. Because, again, I'm not a Spider-Man guy, so I don't keep up with the Spider-Man comics. I don't know the extended lore, you know, like him and Spider-Gwen and... You know, every I don't I don't know because I'm not a Spider-Man guy, but I knew he existed. Right. Yeah. But that's about it. So this was this movie really is my first and for the most part, only real time with the character. You know, if you're if you're fans of like the Ultimate Alliance video games, um, which three is fine. It's fine. One and two are iconic. Three is fine. And Miles gets almost more like a cameo appearance. You know, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So there's like that. But as far as actually being able to sink your teeth into who this character is, this movie is kind of it for me. And I think that holds true for most of the mainstream audience. That's the way it was for me as far as and with the other characters, too, like Spider-Gwen and Spider-Noir. And yeah. I knew nothing about any of those because I was a straight Peter Parker, Spider-Man, my guy. That was it. Mm -hmm. And I never really strayed one way or the other. So I'm not going to even attempt to throw a dart at the board to figure out what dimension or universe that this particular Spider-Man story takes place in. Because, you know, in comics, 
canonically what it's Earth six one six is the actual like comic Earth. Oh yeah. So so where this Miles fits into, I have no idea. Yeah, but and, and even the MCU is Earth something 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 something. Yeah. something. I don't know. So this I'm not version that big of a nerd. This version of Peter of of Spider Man Spider Man. Is this the best Spider-Man? Chris Pine? Yeah. Oh, my God. He's rich. He's successful. He's basically bat- we're back to Batman because he has a bat cave. Well, Aunt May is Alfred. He's married to MJ, and they're happy and successful. Like, every he's handsome as hell. Everything is going right for him. Yeah. Except dying. <laughs> Except for the death part. Except for yes. the dying part. But, like, Spoil- no. But, spoilers. Spoil- Sorry. This movie came out. Five years ago, and you know how I feel about spoiler alerts. Get over it. You're listening to a movie podcast. Anyway. Yeah, other than the dying part, but I'm like, wait, is this Peter, like, the best Peter Parker? Um, Probably. 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 I love the animation. Love the, I love this movie's animation. And honestly, the only thing that I might love more than this movie's animation is its soundtrack. Oh, I'm... it slaps so hard. Every hit is banger after banger after banger. And not even just the actual hit songs that they they got the license in to, like just the Prowler's theme and Miles's theme and everybody's mm. is Gwen's theme when when she finally shows up. This soundtrack is fantastic. Oh yeah. But you're not wrong too. The the animation is so so good. It's so stylized cuz it's 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 got this comic book feel but not overly so, but it's oh, it's so good. I don't even I don't know enough about art to explain it. But you have a degree in art-based things. <laughs> I do. I do. Crayola gave it to me uh <laughs> for a, for a small fee of $60,000. So uh, so walk me through what is this art style what what are we looking at uh well it's 3D animation is what it is and it was done on Autodesk Maya is the program that they use and that's the one I actually used when I was in college not to this success though uh, wait wait are you saying that your personal skills hadn't reached this level I don't think they ever will this is so fantastic. But they have like a 2D shader on it, so mm-hmm. it looks, you know, looks flat. And looks, yeah. Um, very comic booky. has the Binday dots, like mm-hmm. they did in the old comic, you know, the comic yeah, style yeah. with the shading and stuff. Oh, my God. It, it's all of it. And then it cuts every once in a while to looks like almost hand-drawn comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when he jumps, getting chased by the Prowler, and he jumps over that uh, the subway track and that small flash, and it's like the actual comic book page. Like, yeah, oh, you can God. see the borders of the panels and yes, everything. Yeah. Yes, and it's all so, so, so well. Damn, it's done so well. I cannot... It's like every scene of this movie, every shot of this movie could be a piece of wall art. Oh, yeah. And it's amazing. Move over, Andy Warhol, you yeah. tomato soup painting bastard. Over, overrated. <laughs> Hate modern art. Hate it. Let's just fill let's just fill museums with this in the modern section. Absolutely. I'd be okay with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. We we meet Miles. We met well, we met Peter. We meet Miles. We go through the intro. Can I can we just appreciate how awkward he is? You know, he's an awkward teen. Oh, I love it. And he's got his his headphones on, he's jamming to his song, and he knows none of the <laughs> words. And I appreciate that so much. But the ones he knows, he he hits them hard, boy. Yeah. <laughs> And then all the other, yeah, no, 
it reminded me of when me and my daughter are driving around in my truck and a song comes on that she knows and she just <laughs> but then she knows the part she's like oh yeah and then she hits it really hard yeah that it's like hit me right in the feels cruising with your buddies and blitzkrieg bop comes off <laughs> Blitzkrieg Bop. Yeah. You know, you've done it. Oh, yeah. Everyone who knows this yeah. song has done it. So Miles is going, he, he what, won a raffle. He took an entry, entry test to see if he'd go to this private school right. for, for gifted. And passed the test, which entered him into a drawing, essentially, and he won that. Right. And he's, he goes to his private school. And we see him, you know, he's trying to be cool, and he's in his element, and he's throwing his little sticker tags up. And then his cop dad, <laughs> who I love, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was great. Miles' dad is awesome. I love you, Miles. And then Miles doesn't see, he's like, yep. See you later, Dad. Gets out of the car. So he hits the, the siren. Gets the speaker out. He's like, say, I love you, Dad. <laughs> I love you, Dad. Dad, are you see? I love you. I want to hear it. <laughs> and then he does, and he's like, that's a copy. <laughs> and did you hear when Miles goes into the school? couple of the guys he's trying to talk to and they're all just like go away copy that yeah he goes oh we copy that i was like oh that's so good it made him feel so much worse what what a fantastic moment and as a dad and having a dad and knowing what you know just i could just picture we anyone who's a father i can picture myself oh in that seat doing that to my kids or you to your or whoever my, my dad did that to me <laughs> when i when he dropped me off i love you dad yeah, 100% he did. Oh, I forgot, because I, I, it's, it's out of order in my notes, and my notes are slightly out of order for this movie, and it drives me crazy that my notes are I out of order, imagine. and I hate it. I, I hate it. You would hate mine. I do hate you. <laughs> when you're like, look at all these notes I took, I'm like, get that garbage book away from me. I can't even look at it. But when we're introduced to Peter, and he's like, I saved the city, and I did this and that. And then I also did this, the and dance? it's him doing the dance from, was that Toby Spider-Man 2 or 3? Three? 3, okay. Three. Yeah, that and was when he was the emo. Yeah, and he's doing the dance and whatever. He's like, we don't we don't talk about this. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, I really, really appreciated that bit. I love that whole intro of, I can't remember exactly what they said, but it's like, okay, well, here we go again for the last time or well, something. Like I'm that. glad you enjoyed it because we got it like six times. Yeah, but it was really cool how every single one of them that were introduced, they would use that and it do their backstory super quick, mm -hmm. and then we're on to new things. Yeah, I just thought, I thought that was a really cool way of telling everybody's backstory without having to have an individual movie for every single one. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, but to be fair, those individual movies all spawned their own micro-franchises within the greater franchise, and they all made millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, but we didn't need all of them. Honestly, I, have we needed any of them since the third Tom Holland Spider-Man? Fair point. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on to good movies. So, he Miles is in school. And we've talked about montages, cuts, things that work, don't work, what could be done. 
this opening school sequence for me worked on pretty much every level. We've got good backing soundtrack while we see Miles going through his first day at this school. And it's, it's simultaneously showing us that he's a fish out of water, but also the immense pressure of the expectations of this new environment. And, you know, the teachers are talking, it's borderline Charlie Brown, like wah, 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 right? They're still talking, but the only time that their volume actually kicks in is when they say certain key words like stress, pressure, expectation, as it continues to build as Miles is doing the math or whatever he's working on, but he's the last one to raise his hand to give the answer because he's no longer the big fish in a small pond. So we're seeing both he's the awkward kid in a new environment, but also now he's like, oh man, he has to try way more than ever before. Yeah, he's not the he's not the smartest kid in the class anymore. Exactly. And so And he probably honestly is, but he he's just new and he doesn't know anybody and so he's a little slow to uh put himself out there. He's playing catch up. Yes. Yeah. And so what we get is a montage that is visually impressive. It sounds great. And it's fulfilling multiple key roles at the same time. I don't I think this is the first movie we've done that's actually pulled off a montage that is successfully conveying multiple messages. Oh, I agree. And this is the first movie we've watched, I think, that does a, a number of things super well. Mm. Super well. Then he goes on Well, I guess I was about to say he kinda meets Gwen. Yeah, in the classroom. In the classroom. When he does that awkward joke. And yeah. I love that you see when he walks in the classroom, they're showing a movie and it's the doctor. Liv. Oh, it's Liv. <laughs> you, he's standing in front of her name. So you don't know exactly who she is, mm -hmm. but, and did you notice her glasses? Not in that, not in the film reel they were watching. I don't remember if I caught it there or later, but the glasses that she's wearing, they're octagons. Oh yeah, I noticed that like yeah during the big reveal yeah of who, of who the character is. But no, not... that, I just thought that was a nice little yeah little touch. The details. This the movie de is full yeah. of them, and they're so good. So my next note is actually <laughs> he he goes through school. It's weird. He sneaks out because he needs some reassurance, and he goes to his beloved Uncle Aaron, played by Mahers Mahershala Ali. If you don't know who he is, go study his filmography and watch some of his stuff what's something i would know him from what's something the audience would know him from the green book uh was him and vigo mortensen about oh, i'm not going to get into the abouts of it because that's not what this is about but um he also was the best part of the tv show luke cage mm -hmm. um sadly his character gets killed off like halfway through and then the rest of the series is trash <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'm not saying he was the glue but apparently he, he, was, he was he was the glue um, but he's also going to be the new blade for the MCU. Oh, sweet. So it's super, I'm super Wait, excited. Wait, they're not bringing that. Wesley Snipes back? Well, he might be, uh, you know, his sidekick. I don't think they're going to Something about that. taxes. I yeah, don't know. Something, something bad. Um, but he goes to visit his beloved uncle Aaron, who is, so you've got Miles's father, who's a straight laced police officer. And you have his uncle 
who clearly does shady things, but you don't know what. You just know he's more street. He's kind of a thug, but you don't really know what he's doing. He's tagging. He's encouraging this. And he's a super cool guy. He is a super cool. But you know what? His nephew doesn't have game. And he's like, man, I can't have a nephew with no game. Let me let, let me teach you the hay. You know about the shoulder thing, right? Like, you know about what? the shoulder touch, no, right? No, what shoulder touch? What are you talking about? And I was I put my notes on this between Miles and his the relationship between him and his father, the little bit we get of that in the car and in the house, and then the the five minutes, eight minutes we get of Miles and Uncle Aaron. I felt more about all of these characters in that short amount of time that we got with them than, yeah. the, than the entire two hour runtime. Of the last voyage of the Demeter. Oh, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't think you were gonna go there. I thought you were gonna say we, I, we got more. We got to know these characters between the dad and Uncle Aaron. We got to know them more. We got to feel for them as people and as characters in this world in those five minutes or whatever, five ten minutes, than we did in the whole three hours of Avatar. <laughs> well, that too, yeah, and that too, honestly. All um, these movies that just throw characters at you, but. We don't get to meet them in any meaningful way, but this movie, it's like, oh no, this character matters. And so while they have limited screen time, it's going to be the most impactful we can make it. Yeah. And you don't get any backstory of their relationship or how they became as close. It's just here. These two are together. They're having a good time. You can tell that they are, they know each other really, really well. They care for each other really, really well. Can you really, really, really well? I'm doing a throwback to Rocky. But you can tell that they they have a meaningful relationship. Because we've talked about with Cameron, talked about it uh, with other writers, air quote. Uh, Kubrick, you bastard. You think I'm going to let you go? Never, son. Never. Has he been on all ten of our episodes? If not, it's real close. And I think I've managed to slander James Cameron in every movie we've done, or every episode we've done since Avatar. Probably, yeah. Not letting you go either. But the writers of this movie, they're showing us these relationships. You know why we don't have a whole backstory? Because it's telling us. We don't need that. We're seeing how they interact, how these characters intertwine in the moment. And that's how you create emotional resonance. Yeah, and it works. But no, but that's the thing. Even his mom, who we see even less of, but, you know, you know, she's a nurse. You can see her trying to get her herself, her son and her husband ready, you know, and she's just like, come on, guys. And then we get, you know, she's given that long kissy goodbye like yeah. any mom does. And, you know, but and even Miles is more well, he he reciprocates it more with her than he does with his dad showing, you know, even the difference in his relationship with his mom versus with his dad, because that's what good storytelling can do when it's done right. Yeah. You, the mom shows how much she loves him in two different ways. Like, Hey, hurry up. We gotta get going. I got to get you to your school on time, you know? And then she realizes he's going to be gone for the entire week. And she's like, Oh my God, I got to get all this. I can get, I don't care if you're late, you know, yeah. type of deal. And yeah, you definitely see their relationship is, not necessarily better, but healthier, healthier. Yeah. I, I think yeah, it's different. It is, but it's with every, you know, father and son and 
son and mother. They're all the yeah. They're all different. Not to get too psychological on this episode because we're not qualified to talk oh, no. about. <laughs> I'm not even qualified to talk about this movie. What the hell are we doing? <laughs> so let's talk about this movie, right? So Uncle Aaron, hey, we we learned I the shoulder touch guy. technique. I love this guy. But then he sees uh in Miles's notes a new tagging design. Yes. And he's like, oh, I got a spot. And they go tagging. And they do this beautiful piece of art on a wall in the subway. Where we also get a montage of them tagging while the escaped radioactive spider dances, plays, gets thrown and flipped around. Like, the way it's incorporated into into each shot you know, in its own way is fantastic. Cause you know, the spider bite is coming, but at one point it's on his sleeve and then it like gets into his shirt, but then it falls out and it's near uncle Aaron. It goes near him. And you're like, is uncle Aaron going to get bit? And then, you know, it just, the way they interweave it is a small micro story in of itself within this greater picture. And the tagging part. I love this. When he, uncle Aaron had him miles up on his shoulders and he's trying to reach that very tip top, and the camera's looking down, and he's spraying, and then you see some of the the spray off, I guess, hitting the camera. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that was super cool. Yeah. That was super cool. But Wait. then... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, no, and two, the spider, did you notice that it glitches? Yeah. Just like the characters later from the other dimensions. Okay. Because it's part of, was Alchemax? Yes. The Alchemax that... Corporation, which goes back to, oh, it's live. <laughs> It's my favorite. Uh, that that's one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. Didn't Aunt May say that? No, it's no? uh, it's Peter B. Parker, oh, the toughest right. and most durable of all the Spider Men, and I will staunchly defend that when we get to him. If if this if Chris Pine if this Spider Man is the most successful, the Jake Johnson Spider Man is the toughest, most durable sob that has ever put the suit on. <laughs> Takes a tombstone to the face. <laughs> he loses a tooth yeah. but then it comes back like it's so funny it's so good hey maybe that peter's got some kind of regenerative powers we don't uh, know he's from so. another dimension so but miles ultimately gets bit and can we i just can we appreciate it's this big dramatic moment it's zoomed in on the spider the music's intense the colors are bright and powerful and, and flashy because it's this big dramatic moment you see the spider sink its fangs into miles's hand you see the venom come out and enter his hand and then it cuts out to miles who could not give a single shit at, and just slaps it just gives it a single slap kills it moves on with his day there was... could not care that there's a spider the size of a white castle slider on his hand. I've never, I've never heard anybody use a white castle slider as a, a measurement, <laughs> a unit of measurement. Am I wrong? That spider is huge. And Miles. And Miles could not care less and just, Slaps his hand, kills it, moves on with his day. If a White Castle slider spider landed on my hand, I would immediately evacuate my bowels and scream like a girl. I would have the biggest conniption fit and would probably pass out at least once. At least once. You doing okay over there? Oh my god. 
yeah the next time i ever need to measure anything i'm gonna and I have my kid I'm like, can you go grab me? She's like, oh, you need the tape measure? I'm like, no, go get me that White Castle slider out of the freezer. <laughs> this, this is roughly five White Castle sliders <laughs> long and about four sliders tall. We can do this. That's, that's fat guy measurement right there. <laughs> Well, uh, you uh, normally, you know, when you're comparing the, you're you're judging the size of the spider, you do like a coin or something, right? You're like, it's like, oh man, that thing was like the size of a half dollar or something. No, the spider was huge. It was like, and that was the first thing that came to my oh, mind. God. And I am not fat. I have a metabolism <laughs> issue, according to my doctor, oh. who's also not a thin man. America, folks. I don't know. To, to our one our one listener in the UK, that's America, brother. Yes. My fat doctor told me I need to lose weight <laughs> as he's smoking his cigarette. I remember. I, I can I can think of several PE teachers who were giving us orders while they sat on the bleachers because they they themselves were too large and unhealthy to do a push up. Or jog a lap because they would die. <laughs> or they'd make you jog and then get in the uh, golf cart and go after you. <laughs> yeah, they're telling me to go faster while they're in a cart. Yeah, I will turn around and fight you because you can't. You do not have the the constitution to fight back. Oh no, there was so many of those. The I guess expectation subversions in this movie where you think one thing's going to happen and you know something else does, like the. He just calmly like, oh, smacks that spider off of his hand. It was so funny. It was but, so funny. So we're t we've been talking about like the writing a lot, you know, and how that's how you introduce characters, establish their relationship, make your audience feel something for those characters. But, you know, it's a movie. There's also visual storytelling. And that is what the artists of this movie and the director and editor, that's what they're that's what they're doing. They're using the visual medium of the film to make us think one thing and then hit us with the punchline after. And it works. It works every time because it's all this buildup and then boom, slapping sandwiches. I knew that would get you too. And that's why I said it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Miles has a rough day. Oh, the next once day? Once his spider powers <laughs> kick in. Once the, whatever venom, you know, the radioactivity, whatever alternate dimension nonsense is coursing through him he has a rough day <laughs> yeah yeah he's uh probably wishing he could do that day over probably probably i feel like that was a joke of some kind and no I, oh okay no the way you're looking at me you're like ah do that day over and i'm like i don't know there's no time travel no. in this movie i don't no, except gwen goes back a week but that's neither here nor there yeah, yeah no i wasn't Although, can you really say she went back a week when she's like, the, I, I got teleported a week a week back, but I was also in a different dimension. The, you're in another dimension. You can't just say it teleported me a week, you know, in the past. You're in a different dimension. That's, that time is irrelevant now. Yeah. Yeah. And I was honestly looking at that part of it. I'm like, wait a minute. We saw Gwen before the event happened. How did she... I'm like, oh, I've, I did I find a mis you know was this a mistake? Well, but then they explained it later because you know I paid attention this time. Well, and also Patreon fans, you know we've got our discussion threads and whatever. Hit us up because I believe one of her powers she can hop dimensions, like she herself can hop dimensions without 
a MacGuffin of some sort. Well, in the sequel to this, she has she joins like the Spider Corps or whatever that's called. I don't remember. There's but a they Spider Corps. Yeah, they have a Spider Corps. Uh, it's like the Green Lantern Corps, only cooler. Um, well, yeah, because they're not they're not trying to summon Captain Planet or whatever it is the Lantern Corps do. I don't know what they do. Neither do the writers. Yeah. Green Lantern sucks. Yeah. No, Come can't. at me, nerds. <laughs> but in the sequel, they they have like watches or Apple Watch or whatever. I don't know. But they can open up portals and jump in and go back and forth. Okay. No, I thought in the comics, I thought Gwen could just do that. That I don't know. Okay. No. Hit us up, nerds. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us how wrong we are. Oh, always. So, and also... Miles' explanation for his really bad day of his spider powers coming in is like, it's puberty. puberty. I, I think I'm going through puberty. I mean, I already went through puberty and I, I am out of it now as I am a man <laughs> who has gone through puberty. And Gwen's like, I don't think you know what puberty is. He's so sweaty. <laughs> it's He's like, what I no, <laughs> go ahead. He's what I imagined you would be like watching a horror movie. Yeah, and just sweaty and clammy all the time. I'm weirdly <laughs> sticky, and I don't know why. And I can't touch anyone, or otherwise I get glued to their hair. And it's it's bad. It's real bad. How did they shave the exact handprint of Miles out of her hair? With a razor? Yeah, but how did, how did they get his exact finger? <laughs> it's like when he painted him with the spray can. In the suit of uh, the subway, and you just went around it. It's like when you, you know, you'd put your handprint on the paper and you would draw over it and then you'd make it into a turkey when you were in elementary school. <laughs> sure, yeah. It's the same way. It's the same thought, uh, concept. Yeah, but wouldn't you just shave that whole block of her hair out? I don't know. It's a movie. <laughs> okay. About well, interdimensional travel, and this is what you're worried about? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Well, so far, this has been the only thing the movie has given me to worry about. Cause... You're not wrong. Up to this point, uh, solid gold. Solid gold. Miles goes back to try to find the spider. He makes the connection that he's having the same first day that Peter Parker did in his comics based off this dimension's Spider-Man's real life. He makes the connection. It's like, oh, crap. Well, wait a minute. It's a normal spider. I'm just going through puberty. Everything's fine. He goes back into the subway finds the spider, realizes that is not a normal spider. That spider is all shifty and weird colors and dimension changing and is the size of a White Castle slider. No spider is that big. And then Green Goblin crashes through the wall and he finds himself in the middle of some stuff. Yeah, I'm not familiar with this Green Goblin. Oh, I've seen this iteration before. Yeah, that I had not. And Yeah, where he's actually like a giant goblin with wings. Yeah, and when I saw that in the trailer, I was like, no, that's not. No, 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 no. I was very much against it. Mm-hmm. But then watching it, man, this is really good. And now I don't think this is the first time we've seen we being just the comic book style audience, you know, whether it's movies, video games, comics, TV what you know all the media that's out right. there i don't think this is the first time we saw that iteration of goblin i th- unless I th- it was in one of the spider-man video games where they actually done a good job of the swing mechanics <laughs> um which also was 2018 that's right yeah yeah but no i so i was never familiar with it now he looked fine i, I i'm gonna say this and i'm gonna say it once and i'm not gonna dwell on it 
everyone's like, oh, this guy, he, Jake's going to dwell on it. I'm not going to dwell on it. <laughs> Shut up. You're dwelling on it. Kingpin has never looked worse. Oh, no. I absolutely disagree. What? I absolutely, him being so big. Yeah, but his head is like in the middle of his shoulders. I loved it. Now I'm dwelling on it. Now he's dwelling on it. Because it's awful. There's so many better ways to depict Kingpin. With Michael Clark Duncan? Vincent D'Onofrio. He was amazing. He was good. No, I I loved it. I thought it was great. Like that when you first see him and he fills the entire screen, it's just his head and the blackness. And he's all hunkered over. Oh, no. You've I never was... been more wrong about <laughs> something as, into, as you were when you thought this was a good visual representation of Kingpin. I loved it. I couldn't. I don't know. I, I totally disagree. I thought it was super, super unique way mm. of showing just how massive this guy is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Don't dwell on it. Oh, it's too late. I'm dwelling <laughs> on it. It's stuck in my brain now and I have so much to say, but we don't have that much time. Ooh. You kind of glossed over something, though, that I, I had in my notes and I forgot to bring up. Because uh, your notes are garbage. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But right before the goblin breaks in, you know, breaks out and uh, Miles' spidey sense is going off. Mm -hmm. And it's almost painful for him. Yeah. And then it shows on the screen the big lookout. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, that's that, so, so cool. Such we, an awesome way of showing the Spidey sense. And we see a lot of that throughout, yes. do we, in just different forms. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Anyway, let's go back to Kingpin. I, no, I can't. <laughs> I can't. Otherwise, I'm going to dwell on it. And the whole episode's going to. He wins the McCready's Hat Award for being the worst thing ever. <laughs> and now we're moving on. In my notes, I said, I love how big Kingpin is, fills the screen. You can, ooh, no, I'm not doing, I'm not, cannot suck me into this debate. I'm not doing it. We're moving on. So we see cool fight scene. I love how Miles is, you know, it switches between sometimes the fight scene is front and center and you see Miles in the background just trying to not die verse. And then it switches and Miles is in the forefront trying to not die while Spider-Man and Goblin are in the background and the fight scene continues. Sometimes you can lose an, if it's not done just the right way you can lose audience uh when you shift like that and it can get confusing yeah, that's why you lose your focus like in fight scenes typically you've got that that almost like 2d plane where the actors don't cross that plane and the camera never crosses that plane and it just keeps it squarely the the action squarely in focus and no one gets lost but no this does it in a way that works and makes sense you're looking at me like you have no idea what I'm talking about. Oh no, I do. I'm okay. I'm waiting for free to bring up the prowler when he shows up. Well, go ahead. Goblin gets knocked out, and then the prowler shows up and fights Spidey for a while. Mm -hmm. He's just a dude. He's got tech. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he holds his own. Yeah. With Spider-Man, and man, the prowler. Everything about the prowler is so cool, from the music to his look. He's just just fantastic. Well, I hope you didn't get too attached. I know. <laughs> Did you like it when Kingpin filled that screen? <laughs> With his big, stupid, rectangle body? That part made me sad. <laughs> so the fight goes on. The collider. So Goblin just holding Spider-Man in the middle of the, 
the dimensional beam from the collider. That's hardcore. Yeah, and the the way the screen kind of comes to in and all the like the bubbles, I, I guess yeah. they're not not really bubbles, but whatever they were, and it focuses really hard on the middle of the screen and spiders Spider Man's head. It's like, man, this is so good. Just visually, it's so good, and you're you're right, super hardcore. He's like, eh, I'm gonna dip your head in this shit. Yeah, this seems like a really brutal way to murder you. And yes. I'm, I'm we're gonna. This side note, can I go on a small, ta- not even a tangent, I just have a question for you. Is it about Kingpin? No. Okay. Because I'm not doing that anymore. Do you think that Goblin's decision to try to murder Spider-Man with the Collider Beam is what drew the other Spider-Men into their dimension? Yes. I, so do I. I. I think that there was enough of a link in that moment with him being in there that it drew the others in. Yeah. And I think, uh, Peter B Parker mentions that when he sees, um, Peter Parker's memorial, mm-hmm. he says, I think whatever killed him is what brought me here. Yeah. So, well, technically what killed him was <laughs> Kingpin smushing him into the concrete. <laughs> That's true. That is true too. But that did Goblin die then? Oh, I don't know. I don't, we don't see Goblin again, do we? Oh, no, I don't think Cause so. Because then we get Doc Ock, we get Scorpion, we get uh, Tombstone. Tombstone, yeah. But we don't get Goblin again, do we? I think Goblin died then, too, in the Collider explosion. He may have, honestly. I don't recall. Suck it, Norman. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd think I caught that, because I watched that three times this week. Right? But no, I didn't catch that part. I, no, I think Goblin died. Okay. Maybe not, I don't know. I think Goblin died. Hey, if Goblin died, uh, let us know world's a better place just saying all these heroes with their no kill rules that's bullshit <laughs> go ahead go i you want to argue go ahead i can't i want to but i can't how how does batman letting joker survive constantly escape arkham and then not only put millions of lives in danger he kills he actually does kill so many people spider-man just like oh no that shocker Vulture, who you know, any of any of his man, Batman has a real bad uh catalog of villains. He's got a lot of stinkers in there. But he's got some of the best too. But we're talking about Spider Man. Right, I'm talking about Spider Man. You said Batman has a Oh Batman has a a, no, I thought I said Spider Man. They both have a backlog of some real stinkers. Shocker is a Spider Man villain. Yes. Yeah. So is Vulture. Yeah. Because yes. I said Spider-Man. <laughs> you said Batman. The tale of the tape. No. Oh, okay. No. Oh, I... <laughs> for that text, when you're like, you said Spider-Man, I'm like, aha! If that's the case, then I'm going to have to cut out all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Hide it, no one will ever know. Yes. But no, so... You, or like, you know, you've got Green Goblin, and you're like, you keep letting him live, but all he does is kill and hurt more people. At some point, the Punisher is right. I was just about to say the Punisher makes a lot of sense sometimes. Punisher makes a lot of sense sometimes. Yeah. You think Wolverine just never not iced a motherfucker? No, he's just like, shink, you know, his clothes, shink, and just took him out. Yeah. Do what you got to do. Anyway, Spider-Man dies. Peter B. comes in. Actually, the memorial is really nice. You know, it's, it's, it's nice to see a world. You know why everyone loves Spider-Man? If this dimension has him, he's never mentioned. This dimension may not have a J. Jonah Jameson. 
Oh, yeah. He's never brought up. I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, you're right. That's why everybody loves him, because the freaking Newsmax guy (laughs) is not on there. Freaking Jameson. (laughs) You bastard. Again, all the shows that this version of Spider-Man is the best Spider-Man from a success standpoint. Right. Yeah, I never thought of that. So now Miles knows he has powers. Something big is going down that he may be the only one who can stop, but his mentor or or who was going to be, because this Peter Parker was like, I'm not alone. I can, I could teach you so much. We can team up. Yeah. Dead. He gets killed by Kingpin. Now Miles is alone. And he's trying to learn from the comics. Right. And I loved it. It was so good. Like when he's standing up at the top of the building and and he looks down. And then it cuts to him going down the stairs. His shoes squeaking. (laughs) Great sound design of it's just his shoes squeaking down the stairs. And then he goes out to the street and finds a smaller building to jump off of. We've all been there. And I loved when he fell off the building and that as he's falling, the "Ah," sound was going with him. (laughs) That they later play back to where he swings up and goes up and he's like, yes, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, but it all inter- intertwines. And I like that. Like the Spider-Verse. It all interconnects. It's like a web. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Man, we're dumb. Man, we're dumb. So Peter B. Parker, again, the mo- the the biggest sad sack of the Spider-Men. <laughs> but also, again, the most durable. You think Peter B. Parker would have died when Kingpin mushed him into the ground? He'd have been like, oh, that was mildly unpleasant. I wish I had a bagel. And then he'd have done his Spider-Man thing. You know what I also liked is he's fat and he's he takes a lot of hits and he's a sad sack, but he's not incompetent. It would have been so easy for him to be a bumbling goof or a failure, but he is still a professional, seasoned, and good Spider-Man. Yeah, they could have fell into that trap super easily. I'm just like, oh, he's he's the bumbling doofus. No, when he Spider-Mans, he's really good. He's probably not as good as Chris Pine (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. I love that he was wearing sweatpants through most of the Those tights are... Man, you ever come home after a long day and you just have that super judgmental, you know, pants lying around your waist of all the red marks or your jeans or whatever are digging in? I hate that. <laughs> sweatpants for the... When you're as fat as we are, folks, sweatpants are a godsend. I get my sweatpants and eat White Castle sliders all night. <laughs> I can't now because they make me think of spiders. <laughs> I have nightmares. So Peter B. Parker is like... No, I hate kids. I'm not going to train you. We also get his, okay, we all know the story. Uncle Ben dies. I save the city a bunch. MJ and I get married. I save the city a bunch more. MJ and I stop talking. Our relationship falls on the rocks. We end up separating. I'm doing crunches. I'm keeping myself in shape. I'm keeping ready for the next fight while on screen he's just devouring pizzas. He's in the shower crying yeah. and there's a slice of pizza sitting on the shower. Like, I, handled, the I, handled, I handled our separation well. And he's just crying in the shower in full Spider-Man suit. He's not even naked in the shower crying in the fetal position. He's in full suit. I loved it. It was so good. He's such a sad sack. It's amazing. Oh, gosh. But ultimately, he and Miles, they got to break in and steal the goober. 
the goober. Go- the goober key. I, loved it. I, just, I just called it goober. Yeah, it's like, well, there's always a key or a switch or a machine. I just call them goobers because I can't remember what they're called. I also like how they didn't use MacGuffin. That's too much of an industry term at this point. No, he called it a goober, and I love that. <laughs> Usually, I'm not going to lie, up until this movie, I only have ever referred to goobers as people. Oh, like, yeah. I've never referred to yeah. a thing as a goober. I only refer to goober people. Yeah, and I'm going to start referring to things as goobers from now on. Instead of MacGuffin? Yeah, instead of MacGuffin. It's or, a goober. Or something that's unobtainium. Hate that joke. And I hate that it's back. And I want everyone to just take a moment to boo this man. Boo this man right now. Boo. I had to do an avatar callback. You did one earlier. It wasn't a callback. Well, I guess it kind of was. Okay. So, do you think Miles and Gwen ever pulled an on Golden Pond and sucked face? Blah, 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 blah. I'm in this I'm in this studio just as much as you. I can make all the callbacks. I can do them all. I remember everything. Damn it, that backfired on me. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Gwen, I'm going through puberty. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I like them apples. Ugh. So they broke into Alchemax, eh? Oh yeah. That's a thing. And and okay. <laughs> if anyone actually needs a visual representation of when I say I hate Tevis's notebook. Look at Liv <laughs> Octavius's desktop, and that is Tevis's notebook. That is the most accurate rep- visual representation I've ever seen of your notes, is this bitch's desktop. It's not that bad. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of looking at it over the desk here. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it's kind of bad. So the whole scene of them, Peter B. and Miles trying to get her computer. Yeah. And then the fight scene that takes place just inside that office was so fast paced and so frantic, but I was, you were able to still follow every single thing that happened. It's he grabs that, the medicine ball or whatever it is. Yeah. The chair, the medicine ball chair. And she, you know, she tries to hit him with his, with her uh, tentacle and he picks it up and it bounces and, you know, and it's just all that. And it's so frantic. And so fast, but yet I still was, I was never, ever once confused. This movie's so organized. The pre-production and the, the, what do you call it? An animation when you, when you're doing your storyboards, your storyboarding is so on point. Oh, I would love to just see their storyboards for this because you know, they sat down and was meticulous about every single frame of this movie. And, and so, it shows. So the doctor unveils her suit. She's got her tentacle arms. She's got her glasses. And Peter B. hits her with, let me guess, your friends call you Doc Ock, don't they? And she goes, well, actually, my friends call me Liv. <laughs> my enemies call me Doc my Ock. enemies call me Doc Ock. Which, again, does go into my favorite line when they meet up with her later when they attack Aunt May's house. And she breaks in and they're like, who is that? And Peter B. just goes, oh, no. It's live. <laughs> that is the best just dr- dead one-liner in this whole movie. That is the best one. He is so good at that stuff. Jake does. Johnson's the best. He is super good. He's super underrated, too, because I, I don't see him in a whole lot of stuff. That's by choice. Is it? Yeah. I read an article that he, an interview he gave. Really? Where he's like, he just doesn't want that superstardom. Gotcha. He's just like no. I've, he's he he he's very choosy about the projects he does. 
you know, and so, but no, he's fine. He enjoys his quieter, more laid back style. So yeah, it's not that I, I do. I do that. believe he's underrated. He didn't want to be the new Chris Pratt. Oh, okay. Right. He he made that choice, and I respect that. Yeah, because the only thing I can, off the top of my head, I can think of he was in is this, the TV show New Girl, which I never actually watched. So good. So good. Um, He's so good in that. And then he was in Jurassic World. He was one yeah. of the technicians, and he was arguably one of the highlights of that movie. Oh, yeah. 100%. He was uh, Tom Cruise's sidekick in The Mummy that was supposed to kick off the... Dark Was universe, really? yeah. I've seen that, but I did see it on a plane. Yeah, so you know his army buddy that gets killed, and yeah. he brings him back at the end? That's Jake. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm not going to watch it. To, to No, I wouldn't wish that evil <laughs> on you. Make sure you're correct, but I trust you. That's him. Yeah, okay. So good. He's so good. <laughs> He's like, I'm fit, and I'm blonde. This is not this is not my home. This is not my New York. <laughs> so, oh, they're stealing the computer. Yes. I want to I want to jump back to this real quick. Cuz the whole time Peter B's plan largely involves two things. Stealing the goober and stealing a bagel. <laughs> and that's very important. So the fight's going on. Miles has got the computer. They're running down the hall. And Peter B's like, hey, well, I have good news for you. What's that? He goes, we don't need the monitor. And he takes the computer monitor from Miles and just hucks it down the hall because they only need the tower. Yeah, I loved it. It was so funny. But then at the end, they're like, okay, uh, we're in a cafeteria. Let's just play it cool. And they're in full. They're both in Spider-Man get up, you know, in the middle of a crowded cafeteria. So they're like, we're going to be cool. Hey, a bagel. And he gets his bagel, you know. And then all the scientists see them pull out guns and it's on, right? They run out and they leave and Miles turns around and hucks the bagel at the one guy, hits him in the head. And then the comic panel pops up of just bagel above his head instead of like pow or boom or biff. It's bagel. That was great. That was so great. And also a startling amount of his plan involved getting a bagel from the cafeteria. There was a lot of bagel talk. That's our next podcast. <laughs> our sideshow is Bagel Talk, bagel. and we'll just talk about breakfast. So, yeah, this is when we get to meet Gwen as Spider-Woman. Yes. And her intro music is fantastic. They all are. That rock. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know what I was going to say, but it wasn't intelligible. I noticed because you went, well, uh, yeah, that rock, uh, <laughs> that rock music. It was so good. What the kids would call rock and or yeah, roll. The rock and roll that your parents said not to listen to. Rot your brains. They're like, hey, we need help. We're doing seed my scene again. Going to try to get us away. Although you have way more notes than I do. Mine are mostly trying to keep me in order as far as like when it's like, yeah, she was blown into last week, literally. Yeah. Um, but like the last week of another dimension. So the last week is irrelevant. Yeah. God. Um, but like when Doc Ock and Kingpin are talking on the balcony mm -hmm. and then it transitions to them on the bus, the spider, spider Gwen and Spider-Man and mm -hmm. miles on the bus, it turns like a page of a comic book. Yeah. And I just thought that was super cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and I forgot to bring this up about Kingpin. Do you know who voiced Kingpin? Not off the top of my head. Liev Schreiber. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. 
And I was like, holy shit, that does not sound like him at all. No. That's what I'm saying. Like, this movie is stacked. And that's another underrated guy, in my yeah. opinion. And it goes back to when he was cast as Sabretooth. Mm-hmm. So, man, no, he's not going to be a very good Sabretooth. And he was the best part of that movie, which wasn't hard because the movie was trash. But Right. You know what? We've now talked about Sabretooth twice, and each one with a different actor. That is true. Because the other one was Rob Zombie, Halloween, yeah, Michael Ty- Myers. Tyler uh, yeah. So is Sabretooth? The winner of the Meredith Burton Award? <laughs> no, because that's a character, not a person. Oh. Okay. Anyway. He may be our most referenced character, who has nothing to do with anything we've talked about. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So where are we at now? Aunt May's house? Yeah. Okay. They meet the other spider people. They all give their exact same backstory in a, a quick but upbeat and comical faction. Fashion. Faction. Faction? <laughs> the Spider-Man faction. And then, you know, the end of the, the Kingpin and his cohorts figure out where they are, and it's on. I'm not going to lie. I really felt like a group of seasoned spider people would have handled this better. Really? Yes. Because I'm pretty sure they outnumbered the enemies. Well, yeah, but you got spider ham. Arguably, he should be the strongest. Because he's a cartoon? He follows the logic of cartoon. Yeah, you got a point there. Okay, pick someone you fist fight. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jason Voorhees, Bugs Bunny. The bunny is my last pick. Because he's going to F me up. (laughs) And I have no chance. Because he doesn't follow any rules. That's true. You can hit him with an anvil and he just keep coming. You know, he's going to hit me with the anvil he pulled out of his non-existent fur pocket. I really regret saying fur pocket. I just want to take it back. <laughs> I would like to take a second and apologize to everyone for that. But <laughs> while Tavis recovers, he's not going to survive this episode, folks. Oh, my God. <laughs> but no, I just... Point being, Spider-Ham should be the most deadly of them all. Noir Spider-Man actively fistfights Nazis. You tell me he can't handle Scorpion? Scorpion is about as D-list as it gets. My heart hurts. Oh my <laughs> Too God. many White Castle sliders. Her pocket. <laughs> I said I was sorry. I regretted it instantly. <laughs> but, you know, he reaches into, like, his leg like he has a pocket, but he's not wearing pants, but he has a pocket for some reason. Yeah, because I guess Spider-Ham does... <laughs> Hands by uh, Miles the uh, hammer. Mallet. He's like, yeah. it'll fit into it'll whatever fit, fit in your pocket. pocket. He drops an anvil on one of on one of the enemies, and I don't remember if that Scorpion. was this fight scene or the the big fight scene at the end. Yeah, I think it was at the end. He I think it was at the end. end. But yeah, he he saves Penny Parker, who I've never heard of other than this movie, by dropping an anvil on Scorpion. That's true. That is true. Holy God, I really like Peter B's lesson of like there comes a point in time where all the training all the practice all the preparation that's good but there comes a point where it's just a leap of faith prepare all you want you have to take that plunge eventually and no matter how much you've prepared you're never ready for it yeah i have leap of faith in my notes 
I ima- well, I've seen how many notes you've taken on this movie. I imagine it's in there somewhere. There's only so many English words that you can combine to form sentences. I'm sure Leap of Faith just scrambled its way out there eventually. I hate you. <laughs> oh, so before we pass over this part, um, Uncle Aaron dying. Because he's going to kill new Spider-Man. Yeah. He- Miles takes his mask off to reveal it's him. And he's like, Uncle Aaron. And he's being grasped by the throat, mm-hmm. and he could hardly talk, and he just, oh, Uncle Aaron, Uncle Aaron. Yeah. Oh, my God. That. But then Uncle Aaron takes his mask off, and he's like, I can't. He's, you know, it's it's not even like he's torn between his his duty and his family. Like, you know how some movies might play? Like, there was no doubt in my mind for a second that he was not going to kill Miles, that never even crossed his mind. I think he kind of maintains his grip for a second more out of the shock that it's his nephew he's been fighting. I don't believe there was any thought or any debate in his head of to finish him off or not. I did for a second because he takes Miles's mask and he pulls it back down. And I thought, oh, he might actually do it. But then he immediately lets go and. See, the, I, I guess I read the scene differently, because right before he pulls the mask down, Kingpin is like, what are you doing? Finish him. And now Aaron knows he has an audience, and he doesn't want Kingpin oh. or Doc Ock or whoever to see his nephew's face. That's how I took okay. it. Okay, I didn't take even, it that way. Even in that, I took it as an act of protecting his nephew. God dang it, that makes me love it even more. Right? Yeah, Uncle Aaron was never... In a million, we talked about. Uh, I think we had joked before about how in uh, Quantum Mania, every possible version of Scott Lang is like, "Oh shit, we have to help Cassie." Yeah, and they all work together to help get their goal to help Cassie. Right? In all dimensions of Uncle Aaron, none of them hurt Miles. Okay, yeah, that I didn't, I didn't take it that way. But the way you, when you explain it now, oh yeah, I, that makes me love it even more. See, I feel like I explain these movies more to you than our audience. Well, yeah, because half the time I don't pay attention to any of it. You never even watched Grumpy Old Man. We were not even supposed to watch that movie. I watched the trailer for it. So Uncle Aaron gets shot by Kingpin. And then Miles takes him and swings away. And they're in the alleyway. Uncle Aaron is dying. And he says to Miles, and I wrote this down because this, every time I hear it, just kills me. Okay. Because I let you down, man. I let you down. And the way he says it, it's really, it, I don't know, it just hits me really hard. And it's, and then, you know, he croaks. Right, because I think either in this moment or even throughout when they were meeting before, he talks about how, you know, his Miles' dad, his brother is a good guy. You know, he's super straight-laced and everything, but he's a good guy and just wants the best for Miles. As does Aaron in his own way. You know, he's doing it his own way. But their goals are aligned. You know, he just wants the best for his nephew, but he also wants to be that supportive role model. And in that moment, you know, he could hide the prowler from Miles and that just be that dirty secret Miles never has to know about. And Uncle Aaron can then live his life the way he does, but also still present the image of himself that he wants Miles to see. Well, that curtain is torn down. Yeah, when and he's now in the apartment. Yeah, and that, then he, he knows that the prowler is his uncle, and then the music hits, and yeah. he's just standing, sitting there, invisible, and you still see you know, his eyes are super big, and it's like he's 
he's torn. Mm-hmm. He's he's hurting. And Uncle Aaron now dying knows like that dirty secret's out. My and my nephew knows that I am legitimately a bad guy. Like as far as I guess his career path, he's a career criminal. He's right. a career right. supervillain. Now he knows. You know, he's like, yeah. The the one thing I think that he would have kept hidden from Miles forever because he knows that there's no way to sugarcoat it. There's no way to spin it into a good thing, you know, and still be that hero, that inspirational figure that Miles can look up to and be the Prowler. I've seen all the Spider-Man movies. I'm sorry. So I've seen so I've seen Uncle Ben die like 12 times. Um, Is it as funny as when the Waynes die? None of them have ever been as impactful as Miles losing Uncle Aaron. Yeah. But we never actually get to really meet or or grow attached to Uncle Ben. I think we spend just as much time with Uncle Ben as we do Uncle Aaron. We don't really spend a whole lot of time with him. Yeah, I don't know. Once you get into the apartment scene and the hay, and then there's the tagging sequence, which goes on for a while. Yeah, it might yeah. be. Might and be. and now the death sequence. I think we get a I think we get a fair amount of time with Aaron. Maybe not though. I don't know. Not enough. I need more Aaron. Well he dies. I know. From a gunshot. Just one gunshot. Yeah. What, what suit are you wearing? <laughs> you don't have bullet protection? What kind of bad planning is this? Get him right between the seams. <laughs> <laughs> well, King with that giant head and his big stupid eyes, he's a crack shot. The only other quote I wrote down was Spider Pig when he said the hardest part about this job is you can't always save everybody. Yeah. I like that one a lot. Well, I didn't write it down, but once Uncle Aaron dies, Miles is like, you guys don't understand. And Gwen and Pig and Peter B and everyone's like, Miles, we're probably the only people who understand. And Noir kicks in with what a hardcore origin story. (laughs) And they're like, dude, shut up. What a hardcore origin. <laughs> really? Ha- other than, you know, obviously we're not trying to go scene by scene. I don't have any other notes on this. I think we've covered all the highlights that I wanted to cover. The only other one I wanted to hit on is when Miles finally takes that leap of faith mm-hmm. and he's attached to the side of the building and he's in his new suit. You know, the spray painted black, but his hands and his the bottoms of his feet are still a little bit red. Well, he's still wearing his Jordans, but he just he's, he looks super cool. And then he jumps off the building and the glass breaks because he's you know tears it off as he jumps. And then the music comes on, you know, what's up, danger. Mm-hmm. Never heard that song before in my entire life. I don't know what it is. I don't know who sings it. But then he's falling and the image is inverted. It looks like the skyscrapers and stuff are up top and he's falling upwards. It's like he's ascending. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. It's the, the visually that kills me every time. I'm like, that is amazing. Yeah. Just whoever thought of, let's do it this way. Like you're a genius. Falling upwards, folks. Kind of like what I did going up the stairs. Ascending. <laughs> Read a book, man. Okay, so <laughs> just going to move on. Moving on. Hey, I'm an art major. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have a degree in crayons, okay? 
Just leave me alone. Now you have a degree written in crayon. <laughs> or as we pronounced it growing up in St. Louis, crayons. What? Yeah, we pronounced it crayons. Crayons? Crayons. C-R-A-N-S. Crayons. Like, crayons. Like crayon. No, berries? just C R A N. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Crayons. Okay. Shout out to my homies who say crayons. <laughs> it is crayon, so we're wrong. Yeah. So closing thoughts on, on this movie. <laughs> Not crayons. <laughs> oh, my turn? I guess. Oh. <laughs> I was passing you the ball, Butterfingers. The 90s Chicago Bulls, we are not. Now, this movie is underrated, I will say. This is probably the best Spider-Man up to this point. Everything about this movie is spot on, from the acting to the, the visuals, the music. There is not a single flaw in this movie. Other than the hair trim, the haircut, the, the handprint. Apparently Kingpin. Too. And oh, a hundred percent—that huge, huge swing and a miss. <laughs> I dare say this is a perfect movie. It's about as close as well. Ninety-seven on Rotten Tomatoes. It's that's, our highest-rated movie that, thus that far. Is too low. <laughs> well, you know, IMDb gave it a eight point four. I am now deleting the IMDb app I have on my <laughs> phone. This movie, every time I watch it, I still get the feels in every spot that I've got it. Watching it. The first time. Every spot? Every spot. Even in my fur pocket. (laughs) (laughs) And I snorted into them. Fantastic. What are the odds you can edit that out? No, no. What are the odds you will edit that? (laughs) I'm going to edit that into a song. (laughs) Is the title going to be... Fur bucket. <laughs> no, actually, I'm going to edit it every time Spider Pig is brought up. <laughs> just gonna... that, that would be arguably hilarious. Like, objectively, that's hilarious. But it's also really mean. Why are you so mean to me? No, and I honestly did go into this movie trying to be objective, trying to find some things about it that were a little wrong or a little off or that didn't quite work. Like I said, I watched this three times this week. and. No, there's nothing wrong with this movie at all. This is as close to a perfect movie, I think, as you can get. My turn? Yeah, Butterfingers. (laughs) Well, you didn't even segue. You just put it. Sorry. Let's try that again. Your turn. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Catch. (laughs) Boom. Pass. Receive. Man, we're bad at our jobs. (laughs) So I guess my closing thoughts is I agree. This movie is as close to perfect as you can get. I'm, I typically am very harsh on the movies we watch. Watching movies under the, the rule set that we've set for ourselves for this show makes me hate movies. And a lot of times throughout the week, I question, do I even like movies? Because <laughs> most of the time, I don't. No, this is fantastic. If I... To give a rating system, I'm, I have always, always been partial of fi- five stars. One to five no decimals 10 is too much when you do 10 with decimals what are you even doing with your life one being this is the absolute worst thing that's ever been made three is average it's fine it's good it's enjoyable four is it is exceptional 
and then five being near perfect. It's not perfect. It's a perfect score, but it's not, I'm not saying that this is a perfect film, video game, whatever, because that's impossible. Right. Right. But, but if, if three is your good average, four is exceptional. Five is you must absolutely must watch this movie. You have to, if you have not seen this movie, You've done yourself a disservice up to this point. You need to watch this ticket price five-star movie. And I actually enjoy movies, apparently. But they have to be insanely good, <laughs> is what I'm learning, which bums me out, too. Anything else, sir? No, no. This this movie is definitely worth the ticket price. All right, then. I think we're done here for the day. I'm Jake. That's Tevis. I'm going to go have me a uh, a slider. <laughs> I couldn't even get it out. <laughs> well, you eat enough of them, you're not going to get them out either. Thank you for just throwing, <laughs> throwing the hand up saying, just keep going. You're done. All right, folks. Actually, so we have a bit of a special coming up for our Patreon subscribers. We have a special episode coming out on Patreon just for you guys. Stay tuned. And for our next movie, we've got it pulled from the hat. We are looking at the Western film. <laughs> I, you know, why, I, I why can't. Why did you say it like that? Oh, you know, like Western classic. And I went, no, no, Western. It's a film and it's a Western. It's a Western set of images put together in sequence. They fall upwards. no next week we're looking at young guns episode 11 we're looking at young guns be sure to tune in we look forward to to entertaining you with our rapier like wet wit and uh, patreon fans special episode coming up just for you have a good night 